Hello, and welcome to Pure Evil, a true crime podcast, and I'm your host, Courtney. In this podcast, we will not only discuss the heinous crimes committed, but also go in-depth of the background and psychological makeup of these killers. You can expect to hear cases ranging from cold cases, solved homicides, and missing persons. So let's dive in. She is rather tall and spare, with a pale, sharp face. Her nose is long and pointed, her chin sharp and prominent, her lips thin and her forehead retreating. There is something about her face that reminds one of a rat's, and the bright but changeless eyes somehow strengthen this impression. This is how murderer Martha M. Place was described as by the Times Magazine in July of 1898. Born Martha Gerritsen, but most called her Maddie, on September 8, 1849, to the Gerritsen farming family of Millstone, New Jersey. Through all of my research, not much was located in terms of Martha's early life. When Martha was 23 years old, she was struck in the head by a sleigh. Her brother has even claimed that she never fully recovered from the hit to the head, and it left her mentally unstable. Though this was a blow to Martha, she was able to work and did so as a dressmaker. Soon Martha met and married Mr. Wesley Savicool, but it was short-lived. Soon after marrying Mr. Savicool, Martha found herself pregnant and unhappy. After the birth of their son, Ross Savicool, Wesley abandoned the family and ended up dying shortly thereafter. Due to hardships, Martha placed Ross up for adoption, and he was soon adopted out to the Ashenbach family of Newark, New Jersey. In 1893, Martha upped and moved to New York and went to work as a housekeeper for a man named William M. Place in Brooklyn. Mr. Place was married before and had one daughter named Ida Place. The way that Ida took to Martha impressed Mr. Place and he proposed a marriage convenience to Martha in order to secure a stepmother for his little girl. Everything seems to progress well at first, yet as the years pass and Ida grows into a seemingly beautiful young woman, Martha seems to develop a deep-rooted and noticeable jealousy of her well-liked and witty stepdaughter. In Martha's view, Ida was sly, antagonistic, and disrespectful. She didn't appreciate anything Martha did, and in Ida's view, Martha couldn't do anything right. Martha isn't happy with the way things are unwinding. William and now young Ida both seemingly openly flaunt what Martha lacks. Education, cultural breeding, and a position in society. It's well known that people within her husband's social circle did not approve of their union, and some have gone as far as ostracizing William for marrying her. Martha's anger slowly builds, causing her to constantly bicker with her husband and now stepdaughter. William plays sides with his daughter quite often, and this infuriates Martha so much that bickering turns into violence and her husband drags her into court to answer charges of physical abuse. Further fueling Martha's animosity is her husband's refusal to let her reclaim her now-teenage son, Ross, and allow him to live at their home in Brooklyn. On February 7, 1898, an argument ensues between Martha and Ida. This appears to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Becoming enraged after a heated exchange of words in the young girl's bedroom, Martha pours acid into a glass and flings the liquid into Ida's face. A violent fight then ensues, causing both women to crash onto the bed. Viciously beating her stepdaughter into submission, she overpowers Ida and smothers her to death with a pillow. Martha abandons the dead body of Ida and runs into the basement where she retrieves an axe. 
While walking through the kitchen, she decides to calm her nerves by pouring herself a glass of whiskey and a tall glass of wine. Once Martha feels as if she has regained some composure, she picks up her axe and takes position in the front hallway. She then patiently awaits her husband's return home. William Place walks through his front door at 6.30 p.m., where his wife steps from the shadows and warmly greets him with an axe blow to the temple. She continues swinging at him like a mad woman, but he manages to stumble outside and gets the attention of stunned neighbors who quickly summon police. Authorities discover Martha upstairs, covered with pillows and near death with the gas jets turned on full blast. Young Ida is found dead on her bed. William endures several blows to the head with Martha's axe, yet emergency surgery saves his life and he later celebrates a miraculous and full recovery. He would then never speak to Martha again. Over the next year, Martha is tried before Judge Hurd of Brooklyn and found guilty of murder in the first degree. The case carries over to the Court of Appeals, but the conviction is affirmed and her sentence to death in Sing Sing's electric chair holds. Martha is brought to the prison on July 12, 1899, while her counsel petitions New York Governor Theodore Roosevelt to exercise clemency. Theodore Roosevelt ultimately refuses to interfere, stating at one point, my sympathies in criminal cases are for the wronged and not the wrongdoer. Since Miss Place will become the first woman executed in the electric chair, procedures regarding the correct handling of her delicate feminine sensibilities are addressed. Martha is assigned a prison matron named Miss Culture, who is to act as her companion, confidant, and assistant. The night before the execution is a restless one for Martha. Miss Coultry reports that she wrote letters, read her Bible, and prayed, yet did not lie down until half past two. She retires fully clothed, clad in a black dress she made by hand, special for the event. Her sleep is described by the matron as restless. However, she is reasonably composed this morning and ate some breakfast with apparent relish. On Monday, March 20th, 1899, at 11 a.m., 49-year-old Martha Place is led to Sing Sing's death chamber on the arm of Warden Omar Sage. Very pale, she remains steady and makes her way to the chair. Ensuring modesty, her handmade ankle-length skirt is gently slit up to the knee in order for leg electrodes to be placed successfully. The final electrode is affixed to her skull where part of her thick graying hair is snipped away. Leather straps are adjusted over her face and forehead, making only her mouth visible. Her final words are, God help me. The room is so silent you could hear a pen drop. Twelve witnesses gaze upon Miss Place strapped tightly in the death chair, a prayer book in hand. When the first shock comes, her lips tighten and her hand squeezes the prayer book tightly as 1,760 volts of electricity course through her body for four seconds. The prison doctor checks for a pulse, and to ensure modesty even after a death, a female doctor listens to Martha's chest for a heartbeat. The physicians agree that death from Martha M. Place was instantaneous. Martha's remains are collected by her grieving brother and his family. She is buried at their family plot at Cedar Hill Cemetery in East Amwell, New Jersey. Join me next week in a new episode of Pure Evil.